This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I am Dory Shafrir. And together we are not experts. We're not, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And we're coming fresh off of the hurricane that happened here in Los Angeles. Kate, and I just wow. want you to know that you were... You and our friend Danielle were the first people I texted when I felt the earthquake. Really? Yes. Aww. I texted you before so I even proud. heard the emergency alert. Like you like, like like you were still quaking in your house. I was still quaking and I'm like I said you, well I said are we having an earthquake? Not oh, like did yeah. we just have an earthquake, but like is there an earthquake currently happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes with earthquakes, they're so they can be where like they can be subtle. So it's like it could be a truck driving yes, by your house, exactly. or it could be an earthquake. I had the same well, thing. There where is, I, I, there's a ahead. famous time when I was actually at Danielle's apartment and we were watching Soap Dish as one does. A classic, a classic. And there was an earthquake, and I just thought it was in my my head. I hadn't I'd moved from New York, like not that long before and my head like my brain coded it as the subway oh yes that makes sense the low rumble of the subway (laughs) yeah it was the low rumble of the subway and then it was like no that wasn't the subway that was an earthquake yeah yesterday we were watching i was watching legally blonde with my kids and it's just like i could feel the couch just start to kind of move back and forth almost Mm. like it was rolling Yes. And I just was, I just said, are we having an earthquake right now? Because sometimes a human in my house is moving or jumping. Totally. Or bouncing. Yes. yes. That like, I ask, are we having an earthquake quite often? And most of the time we aren't. But yesterday we were. <laughs> it made me realize, like you t- texted, like my immediate thing is to text people and not yeah. protect myself by getting under a safe table. Right. Like I had a friend who was like, I got me and my son right under the table. And I was like, oh, I didn't. I just sat on the couch and texted people. (laughs) And then I'm not good in an earthquake. Is that just because I'm not from here? I think it might be because we're not from here. Like if you're from here, you do earthquake drills like at school. It's like ingrained in you. But my kids are from here. My kids do Mm. earthquake drills all the time. And they were all just kind of like shrug a dug dug. Well, you know what? That's on them. (laughs) 
It is. They Some have no me. excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Someone has taught them how to live in an earthquake that's not their parents. Uh, but that was, yeah, that was, you know, we were all kind of hunkered down for the hurricane, which was very bad in some parts of Southern California. Luckily, not too bad where we live. Um, But here we are. It's sunny. It's over. Yeah, it's over. Now, Kate, in our little production notes document, Mm -hmm. you said that you are looking for a neutral pink lip gloss or lipstick or just sort of lip color. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I really like the one that you're wearing. I I think I need to like stop putting berry colors on my lips. Oh. I'm kind of sick of neutral. I'm just I want something kind of peachy pink. Now, let me put on my reading glasses to tell you exactly what I'm wearing. Dory can see me in the camera and I am indeed wearing a berry pink lip balm from Elf. Ride or die lip balm. Hold on. I still can't read the color. It's in Boss Berry. See, it's like a full berry. I think it's really pretty. I do want to note that I was distracting myself by looking at Sephora and trying to find this Clinique pink honey lipstick stuff, like black honey, but pink honey, which is sold out everywhere. But then, oh no, it's not, is it not showing what I put in my basket? Then I started, oh, here we go. I started getting into finding some cream blushes. Ooh, okay. And look, I'm not clicking checkout yet because I don't need to spend this money. I don't need anything. I am really trying to slow my roll when it comes to impulsive shopping. But I'll tell you what's in my cart right now. Please. Uh, Huda, 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 I don't know how to say this. Huda Beauty Cheeky Tint Cream Blush Stick in Perky Peach. Then we've got Merit's Flush Balm Cream Blush in Beverly Hills. And then Merit's Bronze Balm Sheer Sculpting Bronzer. Wow. And a Merit lipstick and a Clinique lip chubby stick and a Tower 28 lip jelly. This is just sitting in the cart. This is in the cart. Okay. This I, Hopefully, I will not ever buy this. I don't have need you, it. Have you, don't ever, need it. have you ever tried the Tower, tr- Tower 28 blush, cream blush? Yes. Uh, I did try one shade and I didn't, you didn't love like, like it. I didn't love the texture or the color. I am really looking for something very sheer. Say Beauty has a like bronzer that I like and that goes on really light, but I'm looking for something with a little bit more of a like a, a hue, a tint. And I, mean, look, I hate to say it. Oh, no. I don't know why. I don't I don't hate to say it, but like you might just go back to a Glossier cloud paint. That shit fades so it fast does. on me. It does fade very fast on me as well. But it it offers I think what you are looking for. Well, you know what I think could do it, but I find this product bonkers, what? is the Jones Road Balm. Oh, the Miracle Balm? Yes. and You find I f- it bonkers? I find it bonkers because it's enormous. It is enormous. You, I don't know, even if I was slathering this on my entire body, I don't know if I could finish it. But I do love, I do think this might be what I'm looking for in maybe, I don't know, the shade Flushed, I'm looking on their website, or Miami Beach, a warm peachy coral. I'm kind of looking for a warm coral or Au Naturel. But this, it's like a huge amount of balm. 
It is a lot of balm. I feel like they could totally make a smaller balm and be fine. Yes. Yes. So if like I need either the travel version of this or maybe someone wants to split one with me and we scoop it into tinier jars. Like I just, I can't justify $38. Oh my gosh. On this giant thing, which will, I'll have for like eight years. Which again, maybe I'll just keep using it for eight years, but like I am trying to use my products in a reasonable amount of time. Like that is really, anyway. That's reasonable. Well, Kate, these are all, this is all like good fodder, I think, to lead us into introducing our guest. Oh, baby. What fun. Oh, we had so much fun with her. Okay. We got to talk to Sophie Strauss. So let me share with you her bio. Sophie Strauss is not a celebrity stylist. She's a stylist for regular people because she knows there is a literal infinite range of exciting, unique, regular people out there, and they deserve access to style too. Her approach to helping people hone their personal style is inclusive, accessible, sustainable, and individualized. She doesn't believe in following trends or hauls or purging your whole closet and starting over. She recognizes that for many people, getting dressed can be stressful and even triggering, and that for too long, we've been made to feel like the problem is our bodies and not the clothes or the industry. Sophie has worked with over 200 clients of all ages, sizes, and genders from around the world to help them feel like their best selves every single day. She is a fellow Angelino, but she works remotely, and she's someone who I've been following on Instagram after a friend actually worked with her and like raved about the experience. That was how she first came on my radar. So Kate and I have not actually used her services, but she comes very highly recommended by some people that we trust. She's a great Instagram follow. So at the very least you should follow her there. (laughs) Um, But I am dying to actually hire her. So me too. Stay tuned. Um, but before we get to Sophie, let's just remind everybody that they can visit our website. That is forever35podcast.com. There's links there to everything we mentioned on the show. We're also on Instagram at forever35podcast. Our Patreon is going strong at patreon.com slash forever35. We have a newsletter. You can subscribe to that at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. I believe in the next newsletter, we have an exciting giveaway. We do. I'm I'm currently, I'm currently curating it. I'm putting it together, putting the items together. I'm very excited about it. It's very personal. I'll give everyone a clue. If you were at our last digital live show, the giveaway, that show is similar to the giveaway in the upcoming newsletter. So that's all I'll say about that. Oh, and I, you know what? As we're talking, I just realized one more thing I need to put in that giveaway. Oh, yes. Oh, it's going to be real weird. I can't wait. <laughs> um, you can call or text us at 781-591-0390. You can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. All right. We're going to take a teeny tiny little break, and then we'll be right back with Sophie. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. 
And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. 
Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos And like within a few weeks, I had done the consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, 
can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started and then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Sophie, hi. Welcome to Forever 35. We're excited to get this party started. I'm so happy to be here. We we have a lot of questions because Dory and I, Dory, would you say we're still learning how to dress ourselves as women in their mid 40s? Oh yeah, okay. and like Great. this has been a topic Confirmed. of conversation on the pod. We've for five like we've years. yeah for 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 over five years. Pandemic also kind of messed everything up. Wow, did it? Did it confuse everybody in their closets? I mean, I think. It's not a coincidence that I like pivoted to this job mm. out of the pandemic because so many people mm. were just like, uh, I think we all now know what hard pants means. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. really, I think, all you need to know about how much style changed over the course of the pandemic. Yeah. But that, that rings yeah. true for a lot of people. Before we leap into picking your brain about how you dress yourself and how you dress other people, Can you share with us a self-care practice that is influential in your own daily life? What what does anything at all look like as self-care for you? So I have a 21-month-old baby. Oh, my goodness. And he's great. And I have recently noticed that it is very easy to spend time together, like me, my husband, and my baby – that feels like you're together and really like you're all kind of just in the same space and it, and there, there's nothing connective about it at all. And so we've made, um, a a pact, uh, to go on one like dinner, early dinner walk a week. And Mm -hmm. usually I try to leave my phone behind and, you know, usually then I make my husband bring his phone because then I get mom nervous and I'm like, okay, well, somebody has to have a phone, but I leave my phone behind um, and it's just like really nice to to sort of have that intentional time together where it's like, no, no, we're, we're setting this aside for us. Wait, question, because we all live in Los Angeles. Um, you live in a neighborhood where you can walk to get an early dinner. Yes. I'm in like mid city. So it's like relatively flat and mm-hmm. relatively you know, central. Um, we also really both, me and my husband really like to walk. We like, like to walk. So mm. we'll, we'll go, we'll go for something pretty far. And then, you know, it's hot. Sometimes it's a sweaty, it's a sweaty meal, but it's a meal. Right. 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 Yeah. Sweaty meals uh, are fine. Uh, it's the, the intentional time that's so important, right? I think you make such a good point. Like there is, I, I do feel like in partnerships, like you're around each other a lot, but are you really engaging with each other? There have been moments where like, for sure, in our house, the answer is like, not at all. And that it's like, but that it tricks you. It's like, not yeah. even because it's almost easier if you're like, one's, I work from home, my husband works from home, my son is still like mostly home right now at this age. And it's like, it, it's, it's almost, it would be easier if like we were all at offices and at school. Cause then you're like, I know we didn't spend time together, yeah. but now it's like a week can go by and you're like, hold on. 
we didn't actually have any quality time together. Right. Like, have we actually Mm. talked about ourselves and cared about each other together? It's kind of almost like the way in which social media tricks us into thinking we are in touch with people. Totally. That's like a big problem I have. Like, I oh, I just saw you. And it's like, oh, I haven't seen you in person in four years. But I know, you know. (laughs) Totally. Um, Sophie. I love that. Could you talk a little bit about how you became a stylist? Because if if this is accurate, you you were a musician. I was a musician. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you will probably always consider yourself a musician, but you were a professional musician um, and now you're a professional stylist. So what was that journey like? Yeah. Tell us everything. So um, it was really organic in that way that I almost thought was bullshit. Like, where people are like, oh, you do a thing you love and you never work a day in your life. And I, <laughs> mm-hmm, I've come mm-hmm. to actually just think it's like uh, a rare privilege that a co- that some people are lucky enough to stumble upon and be foolish enough to pursue or something. And that for most people really like jobs are jobs. And and so um, I always just loved clothes. Love like there's um, these photos of me in preschool where this like random photographer would come and bring all of these like old dress up costume clothes. And they would take like the parents would, you know, get a cute photo of their kid, like in an old gown or something, or the boys would be in like little top hats and it was very gendered. And none of the kids ever wanted to do it because it was so like, you know, oppressive to be like sitting in this photo studio, except (laughs) I loved it. And so Mm. I would get all the other kids sessions so they're like my parents would come home, like get you know this packet of I would have like a ten look photo shoot basically while you know the other kids got none so I've always been like that and um, I think that you know in a way that was sort of pretty like from me like neither of my parents cared about fashion or clothes and um, but my my parents worked in television and growing up I would do my homework in the wardrobe trailer after school, like while they were shooting. And so I was sort of like, it was like having like fairy godmothers who knew what topstick was and how to, you know, fix a zipper. And it was like, this is amazing. And um, I never wanted to pursue it because I kind of felt like fashion was vapid and, and superficial. And I didn't, it didn't feel important. Um, I believed in the sort of artfulness of what like a great designer makes, but I sort of felt like, well, stylists, I thought of like celebrity stylists and it just didn't feel Mm. exciting or meaningful to me. But I had on the side while I was pursuing music and and I had a day job in um, TV for a while while I was doing music. And um, I was just always the person that friends would call when they got a new job when their body had changed, when they were maybe like experimenting with their gender presentation, they would say, can I borrow something? Can you take me shopping? Can you help me put an outfit together? They always called me. And it. I think a turning point was I had a friend post on Instagram, hey, I have a dear friend who um, is in treatment for breast cancer right now. And she is going to like an awards show with her husband and is just like, does anybody who loves shopping want to take her shopping? She's feeling so overwhelmed. And mm. I was like, me, 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 absolutely mm. me. So like with a total stranger who I'd never met, I picked her up. She was like in the middle of chemo and we drove around and we went shopping for a day. And and I was like, oh, this is really different. Like this is really mm. kind of special. Um, 
And I'm seeing how powerful this can be that like, this is somebody whose relationship with her body has changed really significantly in the last several months. And I'm sort of facilitating a, a bit of agency and a bit of like fun for somebody who is not accessing that otherwise right now. And I, and even then, so, so then, and then more and more stuff like that started coming up and I just kept sort of saying, yeah, let me help you. And I would put together a little Google docs for people. Um, I had a few friends who were um, going through like cancer treatments. I had some friends who were like postpartum or who had gained or lost weight. And then it just kind of clicked. And I was like, would people pay for this if I just <laughs> did this as a thing for my job? Uh-huh. And everybody was like, yeah. And so I started having people pay me way too little money to do this for a long time. And then I had a baby and I was doing this on the side and my um, the TV show I was working on got like very suddenly canceled because that's what that industry is like. And I was like, well, shit, I have a six-month-old and my husband is in grad school and let's do it. Like people are into this. And so mm-hmm. I launched – this business. And it kind of was just like immediately something that people connected with. And here I am. Wow. And you mentioned like as a kid being drawn to this idea of dress up and the play of clothing, but have you felt like you've been on a journey to find your own personal style? And I know often we talk about the way in which that changes before and after having children, but even just like tapping into knowing like what your style is. Was there a moment that that like flashed for you? You know, I think I have been somebody who like, I always felt pretty confident in what my style was almost without Mm. needing to define it. And Mm -hmm. I think that my style shifts a lot. Like there's a big swing, but it always feels like me. Like some days I dress sort of like, you know, I don't know, like a high school basketball coach. And some days I dress in something very <laughs> slinky and sexy. And I don't feel like those things can't both exist. But I think doing this job more so than like, oh, I need to have three words that define my style because I, I think that's a, like a lot of style advice I see a lot of time. And I think that makes people kind of anxious. Like it can be useful to a, mm. to a place, but what happens when you change? Do you resist it because you've picked these three words? Also like picking the three wor- words would make me go crazy. I don't think I could do that. Um, but I think what I have, it's, it's almost less about what is me and I've been better about recognizing what's not me and Mm. being able to appreciate, Mm. Oh, that's a beautiful piece of clothing because there's so much clothing. It's that right there. I'm always going to see beautiful pieces of clothing that some little, you know, shopping part of me goes, Ooh, mine. I must have it. I must have it. You know? Oh, I know and, that voice. Yeah. 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 We all have that voice. And I think that doing this job has made me better at going, like almost thinking of clothes sometimes like art pieces that you get to see, like almost like the store or your, your shopping, you know, browser is like a museum or a gallery where you get to go, oh, how beautiful. Mm. And then continue on. <laughs> so I think I've gotten mm. better at that and going, yeah, that's really not that's not me. That's not what I like for myself. Um, and that is like what I try to, I, I really try to work with my clients sort of specifically on developing like that skill set of like less about finding rules to sort of like rigidly try to live by and more about getting in touch with their sense of self so that saying yes to things that feel right and saying no to things that feel wrong, um, comes a little bit easier. So, 
could you walk us through kind of what an initial sort of consultation with a new client looks like? Where do you start? What questions do you ask? Absolutely. So in my dream world, I do what I call like a a consult sandwich with a a client, Mm, which is that we start by assessing the clothes that they already have. Um, I think everybody has had that experience of like going through their closet and being like, oh, I don't wear, I I hate everything, blah, 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 blah. And then you like get, you find something and you're like, wait, I forgot I had this. This is kind of great. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's also really easy (laughs) to throw that piece away if you don't like Mm -hmm. try it on and actually give it a chance. And a lot of people come to me wanting to just go, no, no, I know what I have. Let's just go shopping. Mm. I love shopping. Great. But I really like to either virtually over Zoom if somebody's not in Los Angeles or in person in their closet if they're here, go through their closet, either like literally all of it, or if we're not doing like a full closet clean out, then Dory, like the question that I like to start with is what's something you love, but you never wear? And then I have them because everybody has stuff like that, right? Like you're this thing. And either it's a style, right? And then I say, let's put it on. You're not getting out of trying stuff on with me. You're going to sweat. It's not like the pretty woman montage of shopping. It's like like a sport. You're trying on clothes. You're in your underwear. Your boobs are out. I'm sitting on your floor with my water bottle. It's like – it's not glamorous, but it's fun. And – a lot of times, either it's better than you remember, mm-hmm. or it's something that is adjustable with a little styling or some tailoring. And we start that process and we do that sort of piece by piece. What's another thing? And right, people's memories start to get jogged. Oh, this is another one I've really been struggling to style. I always put it on and then I take it off. Put it on and then I take it off. And my job is I'm looking for patterns. What do you mm-hmm. seem to like? Mm-hmm. Right. What what change do I make that's making this from a piece you like? What, when, I, when we tuck it in, when we add a belt, when we roll up the sleeves, when we wear mm-hmm. it open, does that turn it into something you like? Then then that tells me something about maybe the proportions that you're liking for yourself, the fit you're liking for yourself. Maybe a lot of your clothes have been synthetics and you're somebody who has like really, you know, you're sensitive to sensory stuff and like you keep buying synthetics and then you don't like how they feel I'm trying to pay attention to that stuff. And then I want you to understand. I want to sort of demonstrate for you. You look in the mirror. Do you see this is right? Like this, you don't like this. Like this, you do like this. And I really try to use that language. You like or you don't like. As opposed to this looks good on you or this doesn't look good on mm-hmm. you because mm-hmm. I don't that's not that's not what I'm interested in. And then mm-hmm. I identify, okay, what are the actual holes in your closet, which people always have. Right. It's like, okay, you thought you needed more dresses, but you actually have 10 dresses you love. But what you don't have is all your shoes are brown. And <laughs> uh-huh. so you put on a great dress that you're feeling so cute in, and then you put on a brown shoe, and the brown shoe makes you like, makes it feel like sexy. And then now you're like in a brown loafer, and you're like, shit, I don't like this anymore. Mm. So what if we got you one fun, bright pair of shoes that was still comfortable? We didn't have to get you 10 new dresses. We had to get you one new shoe. Mm. And now all your dresses are feel exciting again. And then after we shop for those couple missing pieces, either in person we go shopping together or online or usually it's some combination of the of the two, then I'll usually come back over and we'll do one more session where we style a bunch of outfits, we take pictures, 
right? You remember, save them to an album or you print them out or whatever kind of person you are, because that really helps in the morning, especially like a lot of my clients are moms, right? (laughs) We don't have time. And we sort of do that final, like, here are all your outfits, look at all this stuff. These are sort of the cheat codes, right? We're not going to cover all the outfits, but here are all the cheat codes for outfits that you're loving on you. You could always swap this out or that out or this out or that out. And off you go into the world. And so that's that's like my sort of dream uh, consult sandwich, right? So consult, shop, consult. And how long does that typically take? Um, I would say that a consult is usually between an hour and three hours, depending on if we're in person or not. Usually um, over mm, Zoom, it's okay. like an hour to two. And then in person, sometimes it's two to three. Okay. Um, shopping tends to be a separate day. It's usually like one day, somewhere between three and five or six hours, depending on your shopping stamina. Uh, I always make us break for lunch and for caffeine. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this. And then usually the follow-up session is one to two hours because we're just we're, – we're like – it's more focused. Yes. Um, and then if it's – if you're somebody who doesn't live in Los Angeles and the shopping is um, virtual, then that usually takes me about a week. Got it. Okay. Okay. Now, I want to talk about what it, your focus on regular people. Like yeah. you, you say, I do not style celebrities. I mean, I'm sure, look, when, you know, Jennifer Lawrence comes to you, maybe you would say yes. But my point is like, you really are interested and focused on styling the regular folks, the not yeah. the influencers, not the celebs. And I was almost like I was moved when I looked at the photos of some of your clients on your website because they one everybody looked at ease and joyful, but they also looked like regular people, which I feel like we are so not used to seeing. Yeah, what called you to the regular person? Because you live in Los Angeles, being a celebrity stylist is a thing. What made you go in this specific direction? Um, I think. It started again organically. It was just who I had access to. I didn't have, you know, most celebrities, if they need a stylist, they have a stylist. You know, the the people that I mostly knew were regular people. And so that's who was hiring me. And then I think I retroactively sort of teased out an an ethos, like a value system, once I was sort of in it. Hmm. And I, I also think it there's a lot of people who want to be like stylists want to style celebrities and and I don't know you know I mean you guys have this this a podcast in my mind is very much a business like I think sometimes when you're starting like your own business and it's kind of this wild west it's easy to compare yourself especially I think as women to other people to feel sort of competitive and I think in my head in some ways I was like yeah this is like my stepping stone to the big leagues of celebrity styling and the more I did it, the more I was like, wow, this is – everything about this is better than that except that like I don't have a lot of photos with like a Getty Images watermark on it. And pretty much everything else, it was like I, I just was thinking about what is the life of a celebrity stylist. You know, there's there's fame and there's appreciation and there's maybe book deals and, and whatever. Um, but I was thinking about what it must be like for like the st- some of the celebrity stylists I admire, the person who comes to mind is like Carla Welch. I think she's a genius. Her work is so like beautiful. And um, I think about what it must be like to, to have like 20 of the biggest celebrities in the world all essentially assume that your world revolves around them. And 
to lose sight of the fact that at the end of the day, they're just clothes. Mm -hmm. To be up at midnight about a dress. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it to me. I Mm -hmm. actually don't think it's that important. Mm -hmm. And instead of working with people who are entitled and who live in this really rarefied world that's sort of detached from reality, I get to work with people. You know, I I had a, a postpartum mom who sent me a selfie the other day in a dress that I found her. And she was like, maybe this isn't cool, but the train conductor whistled at me and I've been feeling so (laughs) terrible. She's like, I'm sure this is not feminist, but I just have been feeling so terrible. And the train conductor like complimented my dress and I cried. Like I'd cried. I have not, I have felt so bad. And that's not to say my goal is like every I'm I'm trying to work with a bunch of women so that they get catcalled on the street and are attractive to men of again. Course, of course. But I think this like that there was there's no enti- right this uh, like she's not trying to get on the best dress list, which is such a meaningless thing. She's trying to feel like herself again. Yeah. And that and and not and not by losing weight and not by changing herself but by being herself. And when I, I also, you know, have like, I've, I have styled a couple celebrities here and there for a minute and I'm very picky with who those people are. They have to be people who are really grounded and I love working with them, but there's just no rush, like the rush of like a mom or a teacher being like, I felt so great today. I was so confident like that. I was like, how could I can't beat that. Could we actually talk mm. about the postpartum period and Oof. how fashion and style changes for people after they become mothers? Um, yeah. You know, for me, I know I can speak for myself. Like, I felt like I almost had to like rewire my brain after I became a mom <laughs> in so many ways, like not just when it came to fashion and not to mention also like my body had changed. Um, so. And I feel like this is also a question that we get a lot of, like, I don't know how to dress myself anymore, especially as related to postpartum. Like, obviously, there's other life change, big life changes and life events that happen where people have different style needs. But I do feel like the postpartum period is a very specific life event, as you kind of just highlighted. Um, So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about that and what you recommend for people. I mean, you know, there's definitely clothes I got rid of that I wish I hadn't. Oof. But I also feel like I waited too long to like get new stuff. And I was trying to fit into clothes that didn't, not only didn't fit me, but like didn't serve me. Um, yeah. So hoping you could speak. So to that. Um, I, working with postpartum moms is maybe my favorite thing. And postpartum moms to me is like anybody with a kid between the ages of zero and 18. So. <laughs> And then beyond. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That <laughs> we can. Yes. Yeah. And um, and I think that to me, there's like sort of two separate questions, which is there's the aesthetic side of it. What is a mom? What is what is this identity as a mom mean about how I should dress? And that should is really powerful, I think, when you're a new mom. What should I do? What shouldn't I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I kind of try to go, fuck that. <laughs> There's no should. It doesn't – right? There is, but it's not for you. There's 
I don't want to um, dismiss all these like internal pressures and external pressures that we experience. Should I be sexier now? Right? Should I be less sexy because I'm a mom? Should I be more sexy so that I can show that I haven't my body mm. hasn't changed and I'm still attractive to men? Should I wear things that are muted to demonstrate that? I'm, you know, not the important one anymore. Should I wear things that are loud so that everybody knows that I'm still here? And oh my God, please don't ignore me. I'm not gone. I didn't disappear. And, and that kind of stuff is like so individual. I cannot prescribe anything that applies to everybody, except that I can say that if you're feeling that like conflict inside yourself, you are not alone. Every mom feels that way. Um, but that, what I try to do there is go like, okay, what, who are you when it's just you? And, and what's the version of yourself you like the most? And let's dress her. Mm. But then there's the practical side of being a, a new mom. And there's a couple mm. things, right? There's like, there's like, are you nursing? Do you, do you need to be able to whip a boob out? Has your body <laughs> changed? Is your weight fluctuating? Is your size like is your shape fluctuating? But your weight is not like who cares, right? But also, are you chasing after kids? Are you out the park? Are you sweaty? Are you milky? Are you these things? Like that stuff is very real, and so I don't want to ignore that stuff and be like, well, you're still a powerful business lady. So you better wear stilettos so that everybody knows if you love stilettos and you're like, okay, but you're at the park and you're in the sand and your stilettos are sinking into the sand. That's not going to work. Right. So like, um, so I try to like actually sort of assess what is your lifestyle as a mom? Are you really hands-on? Are you on all fours all the time? Like, you know, crawling around to grab a toy car or are you like at work? Right? Everybody's situation is different. Um, as far as the fit, and uh, like getting rid of clothes, that's a huge one, right? When do I get rid of clothes? What should I keep? I have so I have so many clothes I got rid of that I'm like just weeping about. I mean, weeping about. And and then I have stuff that I kept that I'm like, why did I keep that? I didn't, you know. Mm. And so again, it's different for everybody. And I think it's really important to assess a couple things. One. Is it a piece if to like, do I keep it if it doesn't fit? Do you really love it? Is it, or are you keeping it as some sort of punishment? Mm. Right. Are they just a random pair of skinny jeans that you're like, if I don't get back into these, I don't, I'm not a worthy woman. Cause that's different. If that's why you're keeping them, you don't, you shouldn't keep them. If you're keeping them because you're like, these are the, oh, they're so, I like, I remember I was digging through these vintage bins and I found these and they were so perfect and I've always loved them. Maybe we keep them a little bit. How is it making you feel to see them in your drawer every day? Does that make you feel like, oh, I'm so glad I still have those? Or does that make you feel bad? Maybe we don't keep them in your drawer. Maybe we keep them in a bag, a pie on a shelf. You know, they're still there, but you don't have to see them every day. And the other thing that I really work on is I want to be careful in that, in that phase about how much we shop and for what kind of things because your body is in such flux. And I bought so many things <laughs> immediately postpartum, mm -hmm. either thinking I was going to be bigger or thinking I was going to be smaller. And so I have two – I have a class in the handbook that I often recommend for postpartum moms. I have a postpartum and pregnancy style class that sort of unpacks what are the actual maternity wear pieces that are worth buying and what are the other ways to sort of extend what you've got. And then talks about postpartum, nursing, stuff like that. Um, 
Because also I think we all get – it's such a racket. Like you buy a nursing top and you're like, wait, I could just wear a button down. I can just like lift up my <laughs> – what? Are you serious? I just bought this uh-huh. apps. So, but the other That's thing is I have point. a flexible clothes handbook, which is a handbook. It's just like a PDF that anybody can purchase and download. And it talks about the properties of clothing, construction, fabric, etc. to look for that means that they're going to fit you at a pretty wide range of sizes. So that if you are going to buy something new right now, these are some traits to look for. And it has some links for pieces as well. So you can shop directly in, in the handbook. But it's like explaining things like a jersey knit, a bias cut, right? Looking for things like adjustable ties, ruching, smocking, you know, all these sort of um, – elements that make something and and make your wardrobe versatile and that are going to yeah. fit you at a wide range of sizes. Um, things like 100% cotton pants, but that have like, like Big Bud Press makes these work pants that are 100% cotton. So they, they fit gorgeous, but then they have elastic just in the back. So they don't stretch out and die like, like stretch pants tend to. They hold their like integrity and, but the elastic has about an like a two inch give. So if you gain or lose a little bit of weight or your body changes, they fit. So like stuff like that, I, you know, that's all in this handbook of like, okay, if you are going to make a couple purchases right now, so that, cause like every postpartum mom I've worked with is like, okay, I have no pants, no pants. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I have so many pants and yet I have no pants. Yes. Pants. You know that? Yeah, that's where I live. I live in that space. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. 
OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly ebay gets it so look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch stitch sole and logo is checked by experts with ebay authenticity guarantee you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach ensure your next purchase is the real deal visit ebay.com for terms So how do you kind of recommend people not only re- rehash their wardrobe, but like I, I love the anecdote you gave about the shoes. And I think it can be really tricky, especially postpartum, but at, at any time, wanting to make some changes to our wardrobe. We have a limited budget. Fast fashion is very tempting, yet it's not really good for anybody ultimately. Yeah. So so but I also personally find like thrifting and secondhand shopping extremely overwhelming. Where do you kind of like, what's the happy medium in all of this? Sure. So, okay. A couple things. First of all, I think to do your own assessment, which is hard, you know, um, there's a reason I have a job, (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, is you do it by playing dress up like a kid. Mm. And yeah. I think if we're in the mom zone right now, I feel like we're in the mom zone. Oh, uh, yeah. That's extra hard when you have kids. And um, a slight – this will be a tangent that gets us back to the question, which is just I think we all have – the like moms especially have these two things that happen, which is like every once in a while maybe we have like a date night or like we're going to a concert or something that we're excited about like putting a cute outfit together for. And inevitably that day comes and one of two things happens. You are like, oh my God, I fed the kids. I did the bath. I took a shower. I finished work. And now I have 20 minutes to like get ready and get out the door. And I have no idea what I'm wearing. Oh my God. And so you either reach for your uniform, which then is like, okay, this makes me feel comfortable, but I feel a little bit sad. Like these opportunities to dress up don't come that often. And I feel like I miss an opportunity Mm. to wear something kind of fun. Or you reach for something fun that like maybe you haven't worn in forever and you haven't really thought about you you never wear it because you're like, I gotta wear this now, otherwise when am I gonna wear it? And then you put it on and you spend the whole night doing like the adjustment dance where oh. you're kind of like pulling at it and you're like, oh. this isn't right. And then you can't enjoy it because you're not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And my solution to that is giving yourself, like, even if it's just like once every six months, like an hour and a half to two hours where like somebody, if you can get a little childcare, your kid's taking a nap, whatever, like light a candle, have a glass of wine, a cup of tea, whatever you do, put on music you like and like play dress up with the clothes that maybe you, those, those special pieces. Like a kid, there's no like, how do you know that it's going to work? You don't know it's going to work. You got to put it on your body and you got to go. And, and bef- when you put it on, you go, oh no, it doesn't work. Don't take it off right away. 
go, what if I roll up the sleeves? What if I open this? What if I put on boots, right? Sort of just what if yourself through, what if I wore a belt over it? What if I wore two belts over it? What if I wore a sweater over it? What if I put 10,000 necklaces on? What if I took these all off and put on a scarf? Like just, there's no wrong what if, but what if your way through your closet a little bit? And when you find something you like, take a selfie and then next time you have that fun night, it's there. But the other thing as you're playing dress up to sort of go back to your question is if there are pieces that you keep going, ugh, I have no blouse, like all my blouses, no matter how much I, I play with them, feel right, write that down, blouses, I need new blouses, right? If mm. something like that comes up as you're going, make a note of it, write it down, put it in your phone, whatever's going to work for you. And then as far as the shopping, where do you start? What's the sort of happy medium? <sighs> it's tough. It's tough because fast fashion isn't just the Shein and the Zara. Fast fashion isn't necessarily, you know, defined by its price point, although that's definitely a good mm. sign if something is fast fashion or not. There's lots of like mid-range to more expensive pieces that are still generated at a fast fashion rate. Yeah. So it is hard to avoid as a person who lives in our capitalistic society. It's hard mm -hmm. to avoid fast fashion. It's there. I am a big fan of the real real. It's by no means a perfect solution. There's lots of shipping. There's still lots of inventory, but I like the real real because it's curated. I'm a big fan of filters. So like sh I am a big filter user when I shop for people. Uh, you know, I set my price. Oh, I don't want to shop. I'm not looking above $100. Great. You set your price filter at $100. I'm a size large. I'm setting my size at large. I only like the color. I'm only really looking right now for these colors. So you set the color filter there. I only want, I know I don't want short sleeves. So you t click long sleeve. As, as much as you want to focus it, I think that can really help the infinite scroll feel, feel manageable if you're shopping online. The other reason I like the real real is that it is returnable if it's not over 40% off. So especially, especially, especially for moms whose bodies are fluctuating and because sizes are bullshit anyway, like there's no consistency at all. Even measurements, on, especially on the real real are always off. Like you, you'll be like, it's, it'll say it's a large and then it's like a 24 inch waist and you're like, what are you talking about? Um, but so you do that. And then you try a couple things on. Um, but I, but I think the biggest thing because of how unbelievably prolific fast fashion is at this point is it's less about where you shop and it's more about how you shop. Are you shopping because you have something that you need and are you paying attention? Are you sort of being thoughtful about it? Right. Maybe like I have a, a hack. I try to let my tab sit for like a day or so mm. before I'll fill my card up. Yeah. But I try – because I find that when I come back 24 hours later, if I'm still thinking about it, really thinking about it, then maybe I really do want it. But if I'm like, wait, what? Eh, that's kind of meh. Then it was that like that marketing bug, like that thing that yes. just all of us have been inundated with since we were born of just like consume, consume, consume. And then I don't need it. Um. So that's, that's sort of my advice there. I, you know, I love thrift shopping and vintage shopping. I think, you know, focusing, I think it can feel a little bit less overwhelming if you're going into like a thrift or a vintage store, 
um, with that, like, I wrote down blouse and I need a colorful shoe to be able to just go to that rack and you can kind of tune the rest out. That can be helpful. But it's definitely a lot, right? Thinking about if you're thrift shopping, trying to look for things that are natural fibers like cotton, silk, wool, hemp, bamboo, as a linen, as opposed to like a lot of polyester can help make it, you know, sort of pull it for you. But yeah, you know, it's still over. It can still be overwhelming. Call me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, truly though, right? That is, that is a really important point to make. You're a professional for a reason. This is true. Sophie, you said something um, kind of towards the beginning of our conversation that I wanted to go back to, which is that you don't, and let me know if I'm paraphrasing you incorrectly, but it was basically on li- along the lines of like, you're not telling people, oh, that looks good or like that looks bad. Um, and I think something that I personally find myself sort of trying to thread this like weird needle is like, I'm trying to move beyond feeling like things need to be flattering or that they look oh. good, quote unquote. But I also think... Like, I want to look good, quote unquote, right? Like, yeah, and I want my clothes and my style to feel like me. But I also feel like this other big factor is like years of body dysmorphia mean that, like, I don't really know what like looks good. Like, sometimes I put on a dress and I'm like, oh, absolutely not. And then if I end up wearing it or I send a picture to a friend, they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I'm like, really? Okay, you know what I mean? Um, so how do we kind of navigate all of that? Yeah, it's I mean it's certainly one of the like trickier more nuanced parts of the job and I'm always sort of trying to thread a needle too. Like it's not like something that comes just effort. Oh, I know exactly what to say here. I think yeah. um I think that I really try to never use language myself that indicates that I'm concerned with making somebody look thinner or making them look better. That mm. I'm really trying to at, like use language around like, how do you feel? How do you feel in that? What do you like about it? What do you not like? And and that I'm also putting the judgment on the piece of clothing. So what do you like mm. about it? It's not like, what do you like about how you look? Oh, I look thin. No. Mm. What do you like about the dress, right? What do you like? How does that feel? And trying to take it away from the body a little bit. Um, But it's impossible to totally – we can't separate our clothes from how we feel about our body. We're putting them on our body. I really try to use the language of proportions in a sort of valueless way um, as opposed to, oh, you need to make your waist look smaller, you need to make your legs look longer, understanding that any of us are always working with either the proportions of our body and the proportions of the clothes and how those things sort of come together. And that on any given day, you have every right to want to play and push the proportions in any direction and that it can be artful and interesting and fun to play with an outfit where it makes your legs look super long, not because having long legs is better, but because that's sort of like a fun look for the day. And then the mm. next day, maybe you wear like a a long dress that doesn't make your legs look long at all. Well, great. Like what a cool, long, beautiful dress that there's – these are all sort of valueless things um, that are fun and expressive. I also deal – so closely with so many people's, I'm in the middle of people's relationship with their body. Mm. And I have a complicated relationship with my body. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, I think I can't imagine anything worse than like being naked in a dressing room with somebody who looks at you and you're like, oh, I just feel terrible in this. I don't like I'm, and says something mean about their body. And to have like me look at you and go, you shouldn't say that. You're you should feel beautiful all the time. Like, what a useless thing to say yeah. to somebody, truly. So I usually kind of say like the body positivity stuff is hard and it's not even necessarily what I believe is the best goal. Like I guess it, yeah. as the, as the, the bar is changing or whatever, I would probably say I try to ascribe more to like body neutrality. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. your body is just a body. You don't have to be beautiful all the time. You don't have to feel beautiful. Like, totally. and, and that, that like the pressures that make us feel like we have to look a certain way are not gone. Um, in some ways, the language has just changed, and um, and it's so like it's a tall order to feel a hundred percent great about your body a hundred percent of the time, and that my, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong if you don't feel great about your body all the mm -hmm. time, but that I can tell you one thing for sure, which is that your body is not the problem ever. Mm -hmm. Your body is never, ever the problem. Your body is never why clothes don't work. It's mm. never why clothes look bad. The clothes are the problem. Or if maybe they're not even the problem, but they're not right. You don't like them. You don't like that on you. Great. Like even if the reason – even if we were to scratch that surface and go, you don't like that on you because you're feeling bad about your size or your shape or whatever, we don't need to say it. Mm -hmm. And like eliminating some of those things from your vocabulary goes a surprisingly long way mm. for like how our self-talk starts to shape. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. And so interesting. when you start to go like, I don't like this shirt, as opposed to like, I feel gross in this shirt. Oh, the I feel gross. Yes. The use of the word gross to describe ourselves. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. one I've I've done many times. I also think about how... I think of other people. Like I just see all my clients and I'm like, look at all these smoking hot babes. Yeah. And sometimes it's not like – and then I, I'll hear how I sometimes think of myself and I'm like, man, nobody is, nobody is thinking this except me. And who is waiting to capitalize off of me feeling bad about myself? Mm. Right? Who is what, – what little corporation is lurking mm. around the corner to go, oh, you don't like that? Let me sell you something. Mm-hmm. Mm that sometimes helps me push it away too. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Great words of wisdom because I feel this on many levels with aging, with all of it, right? That's, that is intense. But I love the way that like clothes, I don't know, it sounds like you are not attaching more, morality is the wrong word, but kind of the same way, like, you're they're taking some of the attachment out of the clothing while still making it fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think um we live in an era, especially like when we're trying to promote our own business and and you know, we have feminism and all of these things where we're sort of supposed to be able to explain why whatever we do is the world's most empowering and important thing. And I do think that what I do is important. But like, if you were to ask me, even as a stylist, how important is style? Be like, pretty low on the list. It has <laughs> tremendous mm -hmm. power, but I don't think it's inherently 
Like the world is not inherently a better place if everybody's Mm. dressing in a way that makes them feel good. Mm. If everybody's dressing in a way that makes them feel good enough to then go connect with people in their community, to work for better working conditions for people, living conditions for people, if, if dressing in a way that makes you feel good leads to that, then great. And I think clothes are important in that the fashion industry is a really powerful player in what shapes our world's climate reality and financial reality and economic reality and labor reality. Um, retail has right all retail and manufacturing, all these things ha- play a really big role. So I think thinking about how we consume fashion mm. is really important. Yeah. But I don't think it's like, oh, there's nothing more important than being a well-dressed, like it's so empowering to be well-dressed woman. Like there's some very terrible well-dressed women out there. Like it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Melania Trump was one of those people that everybody was like, oh, well, she's wearing all these fancy clothes. It's like, yeah, that doesn't make her a good person. Well, she just got money and a stylist. Money and a stylist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's easy to feel like it's a big deal. And I think there are a lot of contexts where it's really meaningful on yeah. a like personal level, but my hope is that it like opens you up to thinking about it in a more connective way. Before we have to let you go, because we should, even though I could hold on to this conversation forever. Is do you prescribe to the belief like that <laughs> there is like a um like an item everybody should have in their closet? Like, do we all need a trench? Or is that is that kind of an overplayed concept? And really, it's more about personal style and personal choice. Personal style and personal choice. I think so many of the like capsule closet things and the basics um, are really tied up in like Western preppy kind of culture. Like there are so many cultures around the world who do not have a trench, who do not have a white t-shirt, who do not have jeans here, and, and they're just fine. And, um, so, and, and the, everybody needs this. It's also so funny because you see that stuff marketed and it's like, everybody needs this. And then like, there's a new, everybody needs this like every week. And you're like, so I need everything. Everybody needs everything. Like eventually it gets to to that point. So, but I love a trench. I love a trench, but you don't have to love a trench. Look, I will just say I have tried trenches and I they they do not work on my body for whatever reason, which I know is like antithetical to the whole sort of thing we're talking about. But like, I'm just not yeah. a trench person. I know I want to be go. so bad. I'm just not. You don't like trenches. I don't like trenches. I don't like I don't like that color. I, I don't know. I have other. I have, I have so many other questions for you, Sophie. But like, I'll just yeah, I'll same. just buy a consult with you, and then we can like really get <laughs> oh, into it. Truly, um, a buckle up, baby. <laughs> yes, let's do it, Sophie. If our listeners want to book a session with you, I know you mentioned you can do stuff virtually, you can do stuff in person. How do they do that? Can you give us a sense of how much it costs? And yeah, yeah, let's hear it. They can book it through my website. Um, I would say my my prices range from like 100 to like 500 as you know, if you're doing a bridal or I'm doing a full closet clean out. Right now, my rate is like $100 an hour for various things. to be honest, I'm hoping I can raise that sometime soon because I think I I want to make more money for the amount of work I do, but yeah. I haven't. I'm not doing that yet. So for right now, it's $100 an hour, and if I raise it, it's not. It'll be like 150. It won't be like I'm not raising it to $500 an hour or something. Um, 
Uh, and they can book through my website, sophiestraussstyling.com. Um, or they can always send me like a DM or something on Instagram, which is at sophiestraussstyling. And I have a booking form there. They can also find on my website, like my classes and my handbooks. I also have a membership on Patreon for people who are maybe like mm. consult curious and you're like, you want a little taste, but you're not sure. The different tiers, there's like a fun little community of fashion and style-minded people who are all trying to be sustainable and thoughtful, but love fashion. And we have a little Discord chat and people share ideas and outfits there. And there's um, sort of depending on the tier, you know, you can get access to all the classes and handbooks. So that's also a fun place for people if they're not necessarily sure they want to start with a with an actual session. And that's at patreon.com slash slash Sophie Strauss Styling. Amazing. Slash Sophie Strauss Styling. All right. Well, this yeah. was so great. I am like inspired to just go through my closet. Do you right also now. kind of feel like a little bit more like Dory, do you also <laughs> feel like a little bit more just of like accepting of your style already? Like, I don't know. Talking to you makes me feel like, oh, it's okay yes. that I just want to wear what totally. I want. And I don't want need to do like Barbie core. No. Well, and also totally. Oh. And so much of our conversation is going to stick with me. But like something that you said about maybe you don't need a new dress. Maybe you just need a new pair of shoes to go with all the dresses. That you, like it's that kind of reframe. We always talk about like reframes here, but it's that kind of reframe that I think is like really powerful when it comes to your fashion and style. So I am going to be taking more of a, that sort of view, I think. What I hear closet. you saying is we should just buy a that. lot of shoes, like just buy tons of shoes. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please buy a lot of shoes. Please buy a lot of shoes. Yeah. You guys can just extract that sound bite from oh me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, well, thank, thank you so you much. This was super fun. Thanks for having me. Kate, did anything Sophie say, like, what has kind of stuck with you since we talked to her? Have you, like, made any changes? You know, it's interesting. I was actually in my closet kind of putting clothes away the other day. And I had this thought to myself that is kind of a mantra I'm trying to recite because I tend to impulse buy without yeah. thought. And that is, um, I don't have the um, budget to be doing that. And I, it's also just not like, it's, I'm not, I think, I think it's an avoidance tactic, quite frankly, of like avoiding dealing with other feelings. Mm. I know. Now I know. we're getting somewhere. I know deep <laughs> stuff, but so I was in my closet and I just was like putting, hanging something up. And I just said, you know what? I have everything I need. I have everything <gasps> I need. I don't wow. need. I mean, and look, let's, let's rewind to me just rambling about how I needed a pink lipstick and I don't. I have everything I need. I don't need anything else. Like, and that's a very, like, I felt, I was like, I'm very grateful. I have, I have, I don't need a new shirt. Don't need a new dress. I don't need new ballet flats. I don't need a new sneaker. I have everything I need. We're like, use what I have. I, I don't, it would, and I think it was related kind of coming out of our conversation of just this idea of, you know, we don't even know what we have. And sometimes, I mean, like yeah. you just, there's like a, you know, I looked at a shirt that it was sitting there and I, like, how many times have I worn this without giving it really with like, and I would, instead of giving it another chance or kind of reworking it, I'd just be like, I need something else. And I don't. So that is kind of what has stuck with me. And also the idea of like, I don't need to feel as like kind of hung up on trends as I, I don't think it was trends. It's that, you know, as you age, I think you do start to feel kind of like 
figuring out where you fit in. Yeah. Um, in so many ways. And that is definitely kind of something I've been feeling in the last few years of like, as like the trendsetters get younger and younger, I'm like, well, how do I, what, <laughs> like, how do I even tap into this? So mm -hmm. that was kind of nice to dig into a little bit. I don't know. How about you? You know, I really liked how she kind of parsed out the distinction between like how something makes you feel versus how you look in something. Because that I feel like is something that I am constantly working on. Yeah. Do you have the thing of like, you put and you like get ready or you put something on and you feel amazing. And then you take a photo of yourself and the photo brings down the good feelings. Yeah, that has definitely happened. But I, so, but then I try to think about the recent, <laughs> recent um, reductress headline that was something like, um, like, wow, like woman finally feels good about how she looks after looking at like photo of herself from five years ago or something oh, like like it's something yes. about how like it's not exactly that but it's like it's basically like how whenever we take pictures or i shouldn't speak for everyone but i know that the, that i am guilty of this that like you take a picture and mm -hmm. you immediately look at it and you're like oh i look terrible and then you revisit that picture later and you're like oh my god it looks so cute yep 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 and yep. like that is a mind fuck and so i'm trying to just like I don't know. I feel like it's just like this lifelong process of body dysmorphia. I'm like, if I can get like really real, I, my parents were here mm -hmm. recently mm -hmm. and my mom had said to me when we went to Boston, she was like, Hey, if you have any like exercise clothes you're not using, can you bring them? Cause I need new exercise clothes. And I was like, I will try, but I don't think I have room in my suitcase. And indeed I did not have room in my suitcase. But then when she was here, I was like, Hey, do you want to take some of these exercise clothes? So I'm like giving her some clothes and she's trying them on. And she said, like, I gave her a tank top and she was like, oh, well, I would only wear this at spin class. I wouldn't wear this like in my Zumba class or whatever it is because my, because of my arms. And I was just like, mom, like, is this, is this what, you know, you're 73 and like, you're still like thinking this is still your mindset. You know, and I was just like, I can't, I can't, I can't live like that. Yeah, I can't live like that. How did she respond when she, you said something to her? She was kind of like, yeah, like she kind of acknowledged it and she ended up taking the tank tops. We'll see if she actually wears them. But it was kind of like, oh, come on. Like this is, this is your whole life to just think about like thinking like this your whole life and how much like brain space that takes up and how it like dictates the choices that you make. Yeah. And how, and, and how no one, you, you're, no one's immune. Yeah, totally. So that was like, I mean, I feel like I've already been on this journey, but that was kind of a big like wake up call in a yeah. sense of like, I got to, I got to nip this shit in the bud or I'm going to go to my grave being like, well, don't bury me in the sleeveless dress. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. 
Please don't cremate me in shorts. <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh, fuck. It is so freaking hard. Yeah. It and I don't, so like, hard. I don't blame her or fault her. No. That, that is shit that has been ingrained in her since day one. And it's, and, you know, in some regards, it's like unrealistic to expect her to just completely change her whole no, outlook and mentality. But I, at least I, from my vantage point, can, can say, I don't want. Yes. I don't want that. Yeah. Whereas maybe, you know, 10 years ago, my response would have been like, oh, yeah, totally. Right. Right. You've you know done what some, I mean? You've done some growing. <laughs> I feel like I have. I mean, yeah. there's a lot more to go, but I do feel like at least yeah. I have, I've done some of it. So I don't even remember how we got on this tangent. I think it was, we were talking about Sophie. Um, but yeah, I, I've definitely been doing like a lot of, a lot of thinking about that. You know, this does kind of lead me to what my intention is for this week. So I'll oh, tell good. you, my intention last week was to stick with my consistent morning routine. I'm still figuring that out. Um, but getting there, I, my goal is just to kind of wake up before everybody else, because I just feel yes. like it sets the tone for the day. Um, and I'm kind of doing that, doing okay there. But this week, I I have kind of been thinking a lot about aging mm-hmm. and my feelings around, like, my face and the way it's changing and the things I want to do to stop that and why do I want to stop that and how it feels to get older when you don't feel old and just all mm-hmm. these kind of things. And so... My only intention this week is just to kind of like keep letting my like keep creating space for myself to have these thoughts and to think yeah. about it without judgment because I do feel like I will often especially if I'm like you know looking at my wrinkles and then I'm like oh I should accept everything or I I just like every I'm hard on myself no matter what right like I just feel I haven't really allowed myself space to like be vulnerable and thinking about what it means so that's where I'm at. I'm really, really middle-aged and I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you over in the intention zone over there? Well, Kate, um, last week I was talking about my exercising schedule and how like my favorite class at the gym, they had changed the time, <laughs> which was, you know, a problem for me. Um, I have tried out another class at the gym a couple times. And I, the first class I was like, no. And then the second class I was like, okay, I actually, this, this will be fine. Um, and it's at a more convenient time for me. So I think that will work out. Um, I'm, I'm figuring it out, Mm. but I, but one thing that I will say is I just, I'm really enjoying strength training and it's like fun to feel myself getting stronger listen talk about one of the best things you can do as a middle-aged person totally pump an iron baby and it's also like and you know to our previous to you know to our previous points slash conversation it it does feel very liberating to do it without regard to like oh i'm doing this to lose weight or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Like that feels good. 
to just not, that's not even like a factor. Yes. That's very freeing. It's very freeing. It's very freeing. Hmm. This week, um, I have some travel going to a conference and just, you know, I'm going by myself, going to be in a hotel room for, you know, a room of my own, two nights. (laughs) Can I just really try to like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I was talking to some other people who aren't going and one of them was like, oh, I just didn't, just didn't see the appeal of like being in an airport hotel for three days. And I was like, two nights in a hotel room by myself? Like, Sign me up. Like I don't yeah, care. I love an where airport. It is. Hotel. I don't care if it's in the airport. No. <laughs> Just mm. yeah. Put me um, in a room alone and let me Yes. Like go I'm to just, town. I'm just excited about that aspect of it. So um yeah, so my intention is to just kind of like, you know, enjoy the conference, meet people, talk to people, but also have some alone time. I like this for you. Thank you so much, Kate. Um, This is also the episode where we thank our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above, which is one of the perks, one of the benefits of joining at that that level. Um, So... Kate, last month, I read all the names. Yeah, because I was having a, a mild panic attack about messing up names, doing something wrong. So with that stated, I'm going to step into my power. Uh-huh. And I'm going to read and express our deepest gratitude to these folks. I'm going to read their names. And I, if you are listening and you hear your name and I mispronounce it, please... Email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com and check me on that. Okay. Deal? Deal. Okay, Dory. Here we go. Thank you to the following folks for supporting us with $10 a month. Alexandra Houghton, Amanda Shear, Amy Maseko, Andrea Sepulveda, Angie James, Anne Tawadrum, Becky Hobbs-Haler, Beth Bethany, Brianne Macy, Caroline CC, Chelsea Torres, Christine Bassis, Coco Bean, Courtney Gwynn, Diana, Diane M. Martin, Dr. Josie Alquist, E. Jackson, Elizabeth Anderson, Elizabeth Clearly, Cleary, Elizabeth Holland, Emily Bruyer. I'm going Sounds with good to me. Emily McIntyre, Evelyn Schmevelin, Fran Hanamas, Heather Okenka, JDK, Jadelle Apte, Jennifer Bar- Barrett, Jennifer HS, Jennifer Olson, Jennifer Steele, Jess Combin. Jessica Gale, Jillian Bowman, Joanna Stone, Josie Heisig, Julia Putt, Juliana, okay, Juliana, I want to say, Dapice, or Dapice, Dapice, or Dapice, Juliana Duff, Kara Brugman, Karen Perelman, Kate M., Katherine Ellingson, Kelly Dearborn, Kelsey Wolf, Danae, Carrie Golds, Kirsten Collins, Krista, Kristen Morris, Laura, Laura Eddy, Laura Haddon, Lisa Travis, Lizette, Liz Rain, Lynette Jones, Marissa, Monica, Nick, Nikki Bossert, Pam from Boston, Rachel Anderson, Sarah Egan, Stephanie Germana, Susan Berseth, Tara Todd, Tiffany Griffith, Valerie Bruno, and Zulima Lundy. Kate, you I nailed that. You oh did it. Oh my gosh. I did it. I did it. You did it. That was thank, great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, boy, I'm working on my fear of, of making mistakes. <laughs> Again, middle age. Um, and if, 
if we somehow missed you, please send us an email as well. Kate, this has been so fun to get to talk to you. Thank you everyone for listening. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrier and Kate Spencer produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sammy Reed is our project manager and our network partner is Acast. Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye.